everybody. Hi. I need you to know that for that 18 seconds before the before we went live, Danielle was in my office like, I have a question before you go live. And I was like, you've got 18 seconds, so make it count. So make it quick. Yeah. I noticed something. What? I, I don't know if this happens on the live on the when when it's live. Yeah. But um the music like slows down. Or is that just you in your brain? No, no, no. It really does. Like it starts out fast and then all of a sudden it like slows down at like at like 12 seconds. Okay. Oh, I just I'm, put two banners up. That was awkward. Well, I'm I will pay attention to that next time we do this for sure. I will make sure that I listened for that. Yes, I'm sure you will. Dante, it's been I, a few weeks. We had to take a couple weeks off. We had things going on. We were opening a show. There was so much happening that unfortunately we had to take a few weeks off. How have you been? Anything new and exciting in your life? In my life? I yeah. mean, I mean, we had we had Laura Bell Bundy in concert, which that was a good. That was a good awesome. moment. You're absolutely right. Yeah. But then, yeah, like you said, just a bunch of stuff happening, shows opening, and um, people visiting, and and all that stuff. So you know, it's been admittedly a bit crazy. Yes. But nothing significant. I feel like we're back with like the best guest we've ever had. Don't tell anybody else I said that, though, because I am so excited for Marinda to be our guest today. I can barely stand it. Anytime I get to talk to her, it's like the best day ever. And she thinks well, I'm just saying great. that to people, but I'm not. Like She's like literally like my, okay, tell me more. Mm, yes, I will listen to you talk all the time. Anything you need. Also, I can see her in her camera, and she's loving this moment. I'm sure she is. <laughs> One of these times when you start showering these compliments, yeah, you need to just randomly bring them live so that they can be like <laughs> me, unexpected me. Well, I think for that introduction, we should probably just get her in here, don't you think? I I think so. And right. might I just say, yes, please. I I would hope that at some point in my life, someone introduces me as exuberantly as as you just introduced Marinda here. So. Well, then you need to live up to being Marinda, and then we might get there, Dan. <laughs> oh, speaking of daggers. There's daggers behind her on the wall. It yes. is. This is my sword collection. Not all of them, but there's quite a few there. So, yeah. I'm pretty sure that shield has made an appearance in a show here at OPA before. Yes. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it was in, it was in, in our show, Dan. Remember when we did that show? Is that when, is that when it was in? Yeah. It, then, I recognize it, but I, I couldn't place it. I actually repainted a couple of the things and then I just, I loved it so much that I hung it on my wall. It's cool. It's very nice. I, we have a whole aesthetic here, so no apologies. That's us. <laughs> I love it for you. It's great. Well, Marinda, tell us a little bit about you, like your background, your theater background. Introduce us to you. Um. Wow. Okay. Uh, uh, I've been doing theater for most of my life. I started um, when I was in high school, uh, and then I went to college. I met my husband up there. It's a really cute story. He was my director. He did the directing class scenes and I was cast in his show. 
and then we got married and then um he we went to new york he got a job uh as a technical director on for a dance company so he worked on broadway for a little bit and then um so i had that experience and i we came back home after that and um started having kids and then i decided i didn't want to do theater while i was having kids so i took a bit of a break and then after my kids reached a certain age then i started doing it again so that's basically it so you what was your what was the best part about being in new york with your husband when that was happening <laughs> um new york living was very very difficult we were very very poor um but the cool thing was was that the, everything was accessible to us in that we could go take a train and be downtown and just kind of live in that moment it was a delightful experience i it was kind of the first time that i'd ever been away from utah in this culture here which was really really good for me um so yeah uh the people and then the people were also the bad thing too <laughs> so um living in new york city i remember when we uh came home and everybody was so nice. We just couldn't believe how nice everyone <laughs> was. It's because we'd been living in the city and it's not that people are mean, they're just very like blunt and aggressive. And it, it was it was a different, we, we lived up in um, Washington Heights area, actually lived there, which was really, really cool, but it was a different world. Um, if you didn't speak Spanish, you didn't understand anything. Like we couldn't order at McDonald's because we didn't know what we were ordering. We had to point at pictures. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a whole different world. Um, and seeing like professional theater was kind of one of the reasons that I really, really love community theater. <laughs> So we kind of lived in that world for a little bit and there was nothing really wrong with it. Um, it was amazing, but having that experience made me realize how much I wanted to stay with community theater. I want to know more about that. <laughs> I want to know more about, about why it made you want to stay with community theater. I think because theater is such such a brutal um, profession, I guess, if you want to say that, um, as, as an actor auditioning, um, and the same is with technical theater, There, it's, it's very, very competitive and people are brutal to each other. <laughs> and um, living in that environment made me appreciate so much more the authenticity of community theater. These pe people who do community theater are usually the people who have other jobs. And so they either are volunteering or it's not their main focus in life, maybe. And I think there's a pureness about that, if I can say that correctly. But there is more, I feel like, <laughs> community theater actors and directors, and we make magic happen with less money, with more heart and less corporate than maybe your professional people do. And I like that a lot. And that's kind of why I've stuck with community theater 
why why it's never been beyond my goals to go to Broadway. I really, really love this world. That's amazing. So to me, it seems it, uh, to to relate it similar to something like like community theaters more. You're you're doing it for passion. Yes, it's not a living, right? And so since it's a passion, there's I think I think you put more into it, maybe. But I I think there is a tendency to look at community theater as less than professional theater, um, less quality, less acting, less vocals all of that stuff. And that's, to me, that's really garbage because I have seen some of the most talented people I have ever seen on our local stages doing the job for free, for volunteering and just putting their passion out there. So to me, that is something that no, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I love going to see like the professional shows. I, you know, love to take my kids to Broadway so they can see those shows. Those are great and excellent and amazing life-changing experiences. But some of the most amazing life-changing experiences I've ever had have been sitting in an audience in a black box with, you know, maybe not the best technical lights or sound or whatever, but I've been moved by what those actors brought to the stage. And I think that that gets overlooked a lot. And that makes me sad that so many people will spend all this money to go take, to go see the touring or the other shows, but maybe won't re recognize the quality that we do have on our community theater stages, so. That practically for the same price as one ticket to one exactly. show, you can buy a season ticket and see 10. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I, so I think I want to delve a little into, kind of you both sort of touched on it a little, is when in community theater, we put so much of ourselves into it. We put so much because it's a passion. There's something about it that's different for us. And I, But I also think that at times that can be super unhealthy. Have you experienced anything like that in your career? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I think I remember... Um, being at college and it was one of the first theater 101 class and i remember being so so excited about starting this career in in theater and i not knowing anything really it first day of college you really just you know what's coming at you you don't really understand it um and i remember um the professor a well-known professor um, saying that you need other things in your life besides theater. Um, because not only does it make you better, but there is so much out there in the world. And if you become too obsessed with theater, that's an unbalancing in your life. And it's dangerous to not have other things. Um, you can become obsessed about anything. You know, I was obsessed about art for a long time and, you know, um, being able to balance that out. And I think that's really hard, especially if you have a nine to five job and you want to do theater, you might put a little bit more into it than maybe is it healthy if you're not careful. So I do think you have to have balance in your life for everything. And especially with theater, because it is, I mean, we do a lot of vulnerable things on stage. We can be very, 
open opening ourselves up to dangerous things in I'm I'm talking about our own mental capacity and what we'll be able to. But I think that's a conversation for another time. But yeah, I I have been obsessed with my own theater. I always have to have the next job, the next project line up. Um, and this year is actually besides 2020 um, was one of the only years that I started the year not knowing where my next project was going to be. And that was really, really difficult for me. Really, really difficult for me. Um, feeling that I wasn't, I didn't have the skills or the knowledge or whatever that people weren't hiring me, if that makes sense. But yeah. It does. I, I think it leads to a good question. Um, how do we as theater artists get through the mental part of this job and how do you handle it? And that's not, let me be very clear to anybody watching, nobody on this call is like a doctor, or, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> things, but like we've all, all three of us, I know, I'm, I mean, I'm not putting words in your mouth, have experienced terrible mental moments from theater because we didn't get the job or we didn't get the part or somebody said, so, you know, like we're constantly judging each other and that's what the business is. How, how do you get through that? Like, how do you personally get through that? Um, <laughs> I started a blog <laughs> and I was able to just to write things down. And yeah. I, that helps me. Um, I, it just takes a lot of processing. I've, I was not a very successful year for me auditioning last year. I auditioned, auditioned for several shows last year and I didn't even get a callback for a lot of them, which makes me sound like, oh, I didn't even get a callback. But you know what I mean? Like I felt that I was better than what was happening to me. And I think that's normal. I think that's normal for actors, especially if you've had success recently and have been doing shows. And it was really, really good for me, absolutely. But it was a really awful year last year for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think time and processing those feelings, maybe not processing them with my husband all the time because he gets mad. <laughs> he gets frustrated with me. But um, I think just recognizing that it is a normal thing is really, really good. And but that's that's really difficult. But I mean, I have had heartbreaks in the past where for no reason other than scheduling that I couldn't do a show. And man, that's difficult. You know, um, I think you hold space. I think it's a, a grieving process too. So sometimes the, the, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to say it, but you put it in your mind what this, what this particular show project would be like. And then when you don't have that happen, I think there's a grieving process, the same as anything that you don't get what you want in life. And there's most of the time that that does happen for me. I look back on it later and realize that it was a good thing, <laughs> but that's hard. That's really, really hard. And I think everybody does it different. But for me, I have to process those emotions as they come. And that's why I write it down. So. <laughs> so knowing, so I, I also, I know what other things that you do and you, um, like you mentioned, you got into art and I know that you're a, you craft things and craft 
not in the Utah crafting, right? <laughs> things, but you, you make things. Um, and do you, do you ever find that some of that emotion gets poured into that aspect of your art? Of art um, there are a lot of paintings that I've made that will never go for sale or ever be um, put on social media or anybody will ever have the opportunity to look at because they are just therapy pieces for me. Um, as far as like my jewelry business or, or things that I, I make, um, I don't know that I process because that's a whole other creative outlet that has its own trials and its own frustrations and its own disappointments and things like that. So to me, they're very separate, if that makes sense. But art, uh, visual art, um, painting, that is definitely something that I do use as my own personal therapy, if that makes sense. But yeah. Well, yeah, I just, I think of, and I think it's, I think it's a stereotype um, and I hate stereotypes, but you know, it, <coughs> I think there's also some thoughts that goes into that, but they talk about tortured artists, right? That artists are just tortured all the time. And, and so it just made me wonder if, if that's where an outlet goes. Cause I know that, that for me, you know, if I'm doing something that's sad is I, I do rely on, and sometimes it is rejection from past shows. And I use that to either, create motivation in a role or, or things like that. So I, so I, I find that some of my, my failures in, in theater end up on the stage anyway, just at a different time. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Every show that I've ever been a part of usually ends up on the stage in the next show that I'm doing, um, whether it be how to, talk to people maybe, or how to um, get through an issue with a cast member or any of those things that we learn from doing theater usually end up on the stage the next time I do a show. Maybe not even the same issue, but the same, the same process oftentimes helps me, um, you know, learn. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> You know, so I I really, I look at every show that I do as a learning um, experience and even the shows that I don't do or the shows that I'm part of that I, it was a different role or a different part of the project. For instance, I've, I've done it where I've auditioned for a show and then they've asked me to stage manage the show, which is a completely, two completely different worlds. <laughs> and it, it is, it's very difficult to, Kind of switch gears a lot of times, especially if you're looking at you know what what the stage manager does versus what an actor does. So, yeah, I hope that makes sense. <laughs> One of the things that um, we do as theater artists a lot is compare ourselves to other people, right? And and I think that's pretty normal for all of us in this moment uh, that we all talk about it, we all do it, and I will say that one of the things I have compared myself with both of you that are uh, here today is how your relationship with your significant other and how envious I am. And I uh, would like to know more about from you, Miranda, how you and your husband really do work it out. How has it affected 
you know, how do you get through the moments where you don't see each other? Or you do a show together? Is it worse? Is it better? Like, what's all of those things like in a relationship? Uh, wow. Yeah, it, there, there's, it's not always easy. Um, for a long time, while I was, while I had little children, babies and such, and my primary thing I did during the day was make sure that they didn't die. Um, I did, um, yeah, I, that's, I was very, very jealous of my husband because he's done theater his whole life. Like legitimately, he's, he went to school for it. He got a job doing it and he does it professionally. Um, he also does side projects all the time where he'll have a, a gig that he gets to go do. And um, I'm not gonna lie, it's frustrating when he has a lot of things lined up and I don't. Or it's frustrating when he's a man and he gets those calls. Hey, can you come be in our show? Um, the thing that really helps us and really works for us is that he he's really, really supportive of me. And I don't think I have, I don't think I have a bigger fan than my husband. He is really, um, he takes the time to make sure that um, he supports me in, in my goals with theater. And a lot of times I think he kind of gets pushed to the side because he does lighting design and it's not very flash. I mean, it's flashy to me and we all know we all need great lighting designers, but where I generally um, spend my time directing or stage managing or something like that, I think that's a little more flashy and tends to take a little bit more energy away from our family. So he's extra supportive of me. Now, when we do shows together, there's two types of shows. <laughs> when we do a show where we're both actors, that's just delightful. It's just so much fun. Um, and we don't get that opportunity very often. But when we do, it is, it's really a lot of fun because we both understand the process. Um, when we work together as a collaboration, as so when I direct and he does the lights, that also is absolutely knocked out of the park because he understands what I'm saying without me having to say it, or he understands what I want without me having to be extra detailed about it. And sometimes I'll just give him a vague thing and then he does something amazing and I'm blown away by it. Not that that doesn't happen with other lighting designers or with other people, but I think the communication that we have already helps that to happen. But I'm not gonna lie, there are times where we can be, I don't know that he gets very jealous of me just because he just has such a great personality to do theater. I don't understand, he never, he really is just super chill about everything. Whereas I'm a little bit more aggressive and anxious and uptight about things. So, but he, yeah, it 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 it, it is a communication thing and it is, um, very much making sure that he understands where I'm at in my process. Um, so for instance, I just stage managed um, a show and it was a rough run, right? It was really rough for me. And just being able to have him understand and know what that's like, because he's a stage manager as well. He's done that job. So being able to talk to each other about the jobs is great. However, I think if he were not involved in theater at all, there's a lot of communication that would have to happen beyond that. And I know not everybody has a spouse that does theater. So you'd have to 
ask them how they work that out because just being able to have the this the a common vocabulary helps. Do you think it'd be easier if you didn't have a spouse who did theater? No. I think that would be more difficult because especially doing community theater because it is so passion based maybe that I don't know and maybe people can make it I, I don't want to say but for me I think it would be really really difficult because um, maybe not everyone understands it but somebody who does the same thing kind of understands the world um, I know my kids have they've done theater enough that they kind of understand it but they are also on the edge where they're like I don't like this <laughs> I don't like to do this <laughs> and I think that that is good for me to see that side of things because both Darren and I are very pro all theater you know we 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 have discussions about doing theater all the time you know um one of our first when we started dating that's because that's what we knew when we started dating and one of our goals was to have our own theater company eventually and we've kind of had that goal and we kind of had it happen for a while and we realized that that maybe isn't the best thing for us personally to do but anyway yeah so i think it's it's really great for me to have a spouse that does the same thing so you've you've mentioned this and i just I, I, I've got a curiosity question for you. So you've done stage management, you've directed shows, all of these things. Um, you've been on stage. What do you prefer, being on stage or being backstage? That is totally dependent on the project, 100% on the project, on the show. Um, if it's a musical, put me backstage. Let me stage manage that or let me direct it. Um, if it is, I'm so sorry. If it is Shakespeare, I want to be front and center. But I also love directing Shakespeare too. So it really just does depend on the show. But originally, I'm so sorry. Originally, I was trained as an actor. Okay. Yeah. So you're fine. Don't worry. So is there a project or a show that sits out there as sort of like your dream still? Like, is there one thing that's still living in your mind that you want to do or haven't done or? So many that I want to do. <laughs> I have so many shows that I want to be in. I have so many shows that I want to direct. There's, I want to, there's just shows that I just want to be involved in. There's just shows that I don't care what I would do. I would be a dresser or, you know, a makeup, person or a props person, the things that I don't naturally get to do a lot of, um, I would do that in a heartbeat just to be involved in that show. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. Um, I want to do every single Shakespeare show <laughs> because, and this is a really purely selfish reason because I don't understand all of Shakespeare until I am in it up to my neck and then I get it and then I love it. Um, so that's kind of the reason why I love to do those shows. Um, yeah, directing wise, let me just tell you, pie in the sky, someday, kinky boots, that's gotta happen for me. <laughs> I love that show. Um, Did you see the announcement today that it's officially available? Yes, right? We gotta have it, we gotta do it. Yeah, um, yeah so yeah, there's, and, and you know what? 
every time I see something new or interesting and I think, oh, that could be a show that I would someday want to do. You know what I mean? So I think that's always changing. Personally, um, yeah, there are roles that I absolutely would love to do, but there are roles that I know I probably never will. And that's okay too, um, because I like to also like do readers theater and do script readings and things like that. And I've had the opportunity to read some of those really great roles. And for me, sure, I would love the opportunity to perform it, but also just being able to inhabit a role for a script reading is still just delightful to me and valuable and educational and all those beautiful things. So, yeah. So, I, I think we, we don't have a ton of time left, but I do want to ask a question about how do you feel like we can help each other get through the judgmental part of community theater better than we are at this moment? And that is not to say anybody in particular. I mean, it's just a thing that happens in our world, right? Like, I'm not, I'm really not calling anybody out. It's just. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the answer is, except to keep doing shows that challenge your audiences. Um, and not just the shows, but casting them and showing what's possible, that we don't have to always cast things that look like the original, that we can, we can, I mean, it's art, it's art. It's, it's whatever we want it to be. And yeah, there are some rules that we eventually do have to follow, but I think that, the more we get audiences used to seeing things that might not be what they originally envisioned, the more accepting we are for all genders and body types and race and all of that. And I think that's what's important. And so I think as theater doers, that becomes really important that we do interesting, unusual, um, not typical casting mm. and we may have to suffer through it with feedback. I mean, there are things that we absolutely should not do. Right. Right. But I think in the diversity category, we need to up our game. If that makes sense. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Well, Marinda, you are a delight. You are a joy to talk to. We posted some links to your Etsy shop your, oh. your, where people can see Elements of Magic, but nobody can get the crown at spot. So <laughs> she might make another one for you. I don't know. But don't get the crown. Awesome. Um, so anyway, thank you for spending your time with us this afternoon. And uh, we love you and think you're great. I love you guys too. Thank you. Dan, how about her, huh? From the from the moment I met her, I know she's just one of those people that she's hard to she's hard not to like. I want to make sure I say that she's hard not she's hard to not like. There we go. I'm really glad you figured that out because that was awkward for a second. <laughs> no, welcome, you're right. And one of the things my life. That, one of the things that she said that has really like is so true. And I know about her is it is about passion and I totally agree. Like community theater is a completely different beast because when I was working professionally, people were like, Oh, this is my job. I go home. I'm taking two weeks off. I don't, you know, like it's just sort of like work. 
there's something different in this realm of community theater that we get to do that is much more magical on a lot of levels. It doesn't mean it's more expensive or more showy. It means it's more magical to me. That's what I think. So. Well, if you think about it, right. Um, if, if acting and, and performing is your job, everybody needs a break from their job. But if, but with community theater, it is the break. Yeah. It's the thing you love. It's the thing you look forward to. It's what gets you through the day. Yeah. I get that. Yep. Well, next week we have Brady Stratton, who is a director, performer. I've known Brady for longer than probably I should say, because that makes me very old. Um, but I've known him since he was in high school doing amazing shows. And now he works for First Community Bank. And uh, he is awesome. And he's going to be on the chat with us next week. So we look forward to that. And as always, Dan Tate, make sure you go out and support community theater, support the arts, whether it's at OPA or anywhere. Find a place to support the arts. The arts need people and they need everyone's support. So that's it. Now we say the awkward goodbye. Yep. And we wait for the count or for the this camera to go off. Right. I know. I always want to pick a perfect moment for the camera to go off while I'm doing something really funny or I'm pulling a funny face. It would never work. You would, it would take practice, and I don't think we got. I don't think we're gonna get there. Sorry. Okay, well, here we go. We're we're leaving now. I'm hitting the end. Bye, everybody. Bye.